Running the bases with small businesses. I'm Randy Rohde, and I have a passion to work with small businesses, and I love baseball. So I thought, hey, let's bring them together. So every episode, I sit down with local entrepreneurs, business builders, and small business owners to talk about their wins and whiffs, their tools of the trade, and to give actionable tips to other business managers. We'll cover the bases with entrepreneurship, operations, sales, digital marketing, innovation, plus a little fun baseball talk. Thanks for joining us today. Settle in, grab your Cracker Jacks, and you know what they say, play ball. Okay. Love that organ music. All right. Thank you, Gary. He's got the little flair at the end here just to, uh, you know, kind of brag about what he can do and I can't do. That's good stuff. All right. Hey, I'm Randy Rohde, and you are listening to Running the Bases with Small Businesses. And we've got a spectacular show lined up for you today with Kamar Zaman. And Kamar, before we get into what you do with uh, Zaman Media, I've got to ask you about your story and your incredible story of surviving a Category 6 hurricane in your near-death experience. So, Kamar, tell us all about that. Hi, Randy. Thank you for having me on the show. I used to live in the Cayman Islands. I moved from my country, Pakistan, where I came from, and I lived in the Cayman Islands for a long time. And then I moved back to the U.S. The kids were growing up, so I, I had to come and settle down in the U.S. I worked in the U.S. for a few years. And then uh, the company that I was working for, they made me travel so much that I wanted to go back to the islands. So I told my wife, okay, you take care of Dallas and I will go to Cayman Islands. And I went there, I started setting up the business and the business was doing very good. And in few days, we had a major category six hurricane. And because I had lived on the island before, I knew that this wasn't going to be anything dangerous. So technically I was not even prepared for it. So that hurricane happened. That night, it was very catastrophic. It lasted for two days, and I almost died in that hurricane. So I, I can go into the details of that if you wanted me to, but it, it was the worst time of my life, and I had thought that I'm going to die. That is incredible. Uh, what year was that? What hurricane was that? It was Hurricane Ivan in 2004, uh, September yes. 12, 2004 devastated the Cayman Islands, right? Yes, completely. Oh my gosh. The Cayman Islands as a country did not even make that announcement because they didn't want their tourism to be affected. So there are very few people that actually know what actually happened to the islands. I was one of them. Mm. Well, so glad that you made it. And now kind of fast forward uh, 16 years or so into yeah. today's world. You are now the founder, CEO of Zaman Media. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your media company? What do you do? What's your special service and or solution value proposition that you offer? So after the hurricane happened, I had to leave the island because they were only keeping people 
that were essential workers, like the plumbers, the roofers, etc. So I had to come back. Uh, my wife and kids were here, so I had given a corporate job. So I started my company, Zaman Media, and I didn't know what to do. So it was just a shell company. I had an executive suite. I had lost all the money. I had no savings. I lost everything pretty much there. So I started to build websites because that was something that I knew. And then I started to learn SEO. And that's the time that I was still struggling because, you know, my heart was in the Cayman Islands. I was still working. So I would publish a blog and I would call my friends that were living in the Cayman Islands and say, tell me, what, how can I help you? And they say, you know, send us something through Lowe's or Home Depot and maybe talk about the Cayman Islands. So I started this blog, which became Zaman Media's bread and butter. And that's where I am. I launched this project uh, on a WordPress platform then, which now became Kiss PR Story. Uh, it actually started from uh, a simple WordPress blog. And today, in 16 years, we have over 1,000 distribution partners that carry the stories. So technically, we are a press release company, but I, I don't like to call it a press release company because press release companies are people don't even know when to send a press release. So I call it a storytelling system. If you have a good business, if you have a story of your brand, your person, your passion, whatever you have, you can tell a story and we use the press release engine to drive the story. So it's more of a story engine rather than a press release service. I love that idea about telling a story and and really in thinking about the story. And it makes it so much more, I, I think, real and or personable when you begin to say, hey, it's telling the story of either the brand or the company or the individual and the service or the product that you provide. It seems like it just makes it a much more personal connection, I think. And I'm sure that that's probably some of the reasons why you've had some of the success and and both just from a business standpoint and as well just in what you're able to do for your clients. uh, What do you think about that? Well, I discovered the storytelling for two reasons. First, I was telling my stories of the hurricane, so I will blog about it. But, you know, it was not the transactional part of my business. I wasn't making money. So it was serendipitous that because I was writing a lot of content, my partner, who uh, I found a partner, and then uh, he said, you know, let's do some business together. So he called me one day, and this is where the whole business model of storytelling changed. He called me and he says, Kumar, I have a client that I'm talking to in New York. And normally he would go and sell, and I would just do the work in the background of SEO. But he said, I'm going to go to New York, and I would want you to come there. And I said, well, before I do that, let's talk to the client. So we got on the phone. I just listened to, you know, what they did. And that morning, I said, before sitting in the plane, I had an hour or so. I wrote a story of the client's problem that they were having. So I published that as a blog. And I had taken their permission that, you know, if, if I could do that, that they said, that's fine. So by the time we landed And I got to see the client. It was like they were running late. And I'm a kind of person that, you know, if somebody's running late, I'll walk away. I I just don't have no patience for people that are late. So 
this was the meeting was at one o'clock. We had landed New York LaGuardia at 11. So Starbucks, all of that. And then we are still waiting. It's three o'clock. I have a flight to catch. So this guy comes in. He calls the partner of the law firm. He calls his assistant and tells her, write these gentlemen a check for 25000 And he was going forward. So my partner asked him, well, you haven't even seen the proposal. He says, my partner's name is Renee. He says, Renee, if you charge me 300000 today, I would pay you. So, so we asked him what actually happened. He says, we just got a call from the 9-11 Commission, and they just hired us as a trial lawyer for the 9-11 Commission. Uh, for the firefighters, and this was a over four hundred million dollars or something in, in the deal. So they hired us to do the storytelling part, and I wrote a lot of stories. And ever since then, this became transactional for me. So, that is you know, incredible. I, so, what uh, was this particular client? Was it all related directly to because you had written their story and then published it out so on a blog and it? Yeah. So what had happened is that I wrote the story at 7.30 in the morning. I published it. My news engine was approved by Google News. So the story got in Google News, and it was on the first page of Google. And around 10.30 that morning, somebody searched for a trial lawyer for 9-11. My story was on the first. So they clicked on it, you know, and they read about it, and they found the law firm, and they called, and they did uh, and the law firm, now, this was not a, just a small law firm. They were a very established New York law firm. So, it, I mean, they had the no like and trust factors and all of right, that. It's right. just that my story got them found, yeah. you know, so that was it. Well, that is a great testimony about the power of press releases and what they can do. And certainly, but I love, I still, I love what you say and how you kind of couch the concept of storytelling. Um, and it really is rooted in your personal story and your experiences that you had between going from Pakistan to the Caymans to Dallas, back to the Caymans, your hurricane experience. You just started really writing about your story and then it just began and germinated from there. Correct. Uh, it's, it's just that Stories are something people remember. And the way I write the story is I'm addressing the pain of the person. And one thing that I've found in my own uh, style of writing, and I give this away to people, that never become the hero of the story. Mm -hmm. You have to become the guide. And I read the book by some famous guy that he talks about brand stories. So I feel that if the story, if you are the hero in the story, the story dies. Somebody else is the hero. You are a guide. So I consider every story that I've written personally, I consider, and I have a book coming out, which we can talk about, but I say that I am not James Bond. I'm the Q, the guy that gives the pen and the, you know, the guns and the cars. So he's the guide. So if the story is about the struggle of the hero, then you have to be the guide. And if you guide the story, that becomes really successful. And I have a framework for that. I have developed a framework. So uh, on, our, on our storytelling platform, we have uh, what we call the indie stories, the you know, people that create their own stories. 
And then the ones that I write or my teams write, so the ones that actually do their own stories, they don't become that successful because they don't even know what they're writing compared to when we write their stories. So, you know, uh, that that is essential. Um, and I've had some other guests and we've talked about kind of this concept or this idea when you're dealing with clients and when you're talking with them or trying to position yourself, it's still incredibly important and really is the priority of make the client the hero of the solution and or of the service in doing so you're going to have far greater success. I think it's a, it's an interesting concept, both when you're trying to sell something, whether it's a product or a service, but as well as when you're delivering and in your particular service, you know, that's exactly what you're doing. You're delivering a story where you're creating this message that makes the client the hero and positioning them as the hero so that they get all of the notoriety and the accolades and the attention from various media sites and, uh, and everything else that I can do for him. So I think it's a great concept. It's uh, there's a lot of truth into that. There's so many small business owners and entrepreneurs that are listening to the show. What can small business owners do in your experience and opinion here to enhance their story? So one of the challenge of a small businesses or any, any type of business, whether it's a small or not, is that they write the story without intent. There's no intent. They need business. So they will write a blog or something and there's no plan and a plan without strategy is insanity. So when I write the story, my very first foundational step of any story is who are you going to write this for? Who is the character that is going to read the story? What we call the perfect customer, we can call it an avatar. And that's the biggest mistake the small business owner does not know. I work with a lot of small business owners. I'll give you a perfect example. I had a roofer once and he came to me and he said, he doesn't have a website, but he wants to get this business right away because it was the, the, you know, the tornado season in Texas and he wanted to sell more roofs. So I said, okay, well, who do you serve? And he said to me, I serve anywhere I can go. And I said, that's too broad. Where do you live? So he lives in Wiley, Texas, which is where you know, there's a small town. So I said, okay, tell me, who is your ideal customer? It says, ideal customer is the people that are wily that need a roof. And I said, okay, so your story is about roof replacement or a new roof for people in Wiley. And when we did that, he spent less than $400, but he, it, the very first thing, the, the moment the story broke, it was again serendipitous that he got a $22,000 order Mm. right from one story. And he became a believer. He became one of my long-term clients. And I have done many of them. So the very first thing is, who is your person that is going to read it? And what is the target audience? I learned this from Dan Kennedy, the, the famous marketer. He says, don't market a $69 carpet cleaning in a expensive neighborhood or vice versa. Don't market $199 carpet cleaning in a neighborhood where people have no money. So it's kind of like you have to be in the right direction. 
Right, right. So I built that system, complete system. So before I write the story, I interviewed them for 60 minutes and I get to know the pain of the audience. Once I know the pain, I work on the pain of the audience. And that's a good, good formula right there. So I, I call myself yeah. I call myself a doctor of storytelling because the doctor will go to, you know, you will go to a doctor and the doctor will say to you, okay, tell me your pain. Where is the pain? Right? And then he'll keep on asking you those questions. Then he'll give you a prescription. Yeah. So your story, really, uh, you don't I have to be a doctor or an MD. You just ask those questions. Where is the pain? And then address the pain. I love that. The doctor of storytelling. Can I call you that going forward here? Doctor? Sure. Dr. Kamar? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I went to a med school. So that's why I have that pre precursor that I always wanted to become a doctor. I think it's a great formula and you're absolutely on target. I think identifying uh, who the audience is, what it is that you're trying to present to them, understand what their pain is. And then I always just kind of add on to that is like, let me take care of it for you. Don't worry about the details. I will hammer that out and just provide you a solution for your success. It's just a great way to begin to kind of make the sale, if you would, but to earn a client and then to deliver on something that can actually drive results and success for the client, which is ultimately, which is what we're trying to do to begin with. So um, there's another secret that I can give you for the small business owner that most people fail on is that if it smells like a sale, it is a sale. So that's why Facebook is very successful because it's an emotional machine. Mm. Okay. Uh, ads, if you run Facebook ads, if they look like an ad, they don't work. But if you see a cat video jumping around, it's emotional, it's working. So try to have emotions in the story and don't sell in the story. The sale will happen automatically because if you're a thought leader, expert, roofer, plumber, doctor, lawyer, whatever you are, it will happen because you are the creator of the story. And that's really what you need to do. And I think as you're telling your story, you become more real, more transparent, and it builds that know, like, and trust element so that people will feel comfortable in reaching out and beginning to do business with you. It's a great way to establish that, I think, as an authority and as uh, as a trusted brand or a trusted business. Great advice. Great advice. So, Kamar, do you know what time it is? And it's time for the seventh inning stretch. <laughs> So, Kamar, this is the point, Dr. Storyteller here, uh, this is the point in the show where we um, kind of have our seventh inning stretch, and I get to ask you uh, a little bit of baseball. We have a little fun baseball talk here for a minute. Um, so I have to ask you, do you watch or uh, enjoy baseball at all? I'm not a big fan of baseball, so uh, but I used to play cricket because... You know, uh, yeah. The equivalent of baseball is cricket uh, on the other side of the pond. So I, I end up playing cricket. So uh, I, I I do understand that. You know, okay. But, yeah. So here in the States, do you, you're down in Houston, right? No, Dallas. Dallas. Okay. Uh, you've got a couple of nice baseball teams over in that area. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I was going to ask you really 
because just this last weekend, and we're in the midst of the pandemic, obviously, and uh, it was just this last weekend that baseball started back up. I wanted to to get your thoughts. Are, are you watching any baseball or following it at all? And a very odd thing is because there's no fans in the stadiums. I've seen different teams do different things, pipe in crowd noises, you know, when there's a good play. I've, I've, I've heard that actually on some broadcasts of, uh, of a couple of baseball games. And then I've seen, I don't know what your thoughts are. I've seen some of these uh, stadiums where they actually put in a virtual audience or, or fan base in the stadium to even give it like a feel of when people are watching the games that there's people there in the stadium as well. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? Because we are all like, you know, lockdown. So you have to, I mean, people that are a fan of any sport, if they're not doing anything about it, they get frustrated because that's their escape. I go to work out, so that's my escape. So if right. I don't do that, then I feel very frustrated before working out. Then what I do is sometimes watch a YouTube video to give me the same feel. So then I can preload myself that, okay, I'm, I'm in the gym, but technically I'm not. So, <laughs> Well, we'll see how long this lasts. Uh, hopefully baseball will uh, have a good season here. It's going to be a shortened season, but all right, well, let's get back into it. Play ball. Kamar, I'm, I'm sure that over the years, I mean, you've been in business for a number of years now, and, and I'm sure you've had your share of successes and challenges. I would love to hear, and maybe if you could share uh, maybe one or two from each of those buckets, and especially on the challenges, what did you do to overcome or to tackle those challenges? On the challenges side, when I... It was recent that COVID-19 had just happened. Mm-hmm. We had relaunched our platform. We we were doing quite well, but not as well as any business owner would think. So we, we had just partnered up with some of the top distribution partners. So the challenge was, okay, what am I going to do? Because I have a certain cost that I must incur. Uh, because when you run a storytelling engine or a news engine, you must have content. So what I did was, because I've gone through the hurricane, so I've gone through the life before like that. I just started to, and I, I don't worry at all because that's not my mindset. So I started to kind of think, well, what can I do that would help my challenge as well as the challenge of every business owner? And I offered free press releases or storytelling. So that was my challenge. And the moment I announced, you know, I went, made some changes to the website, went to sleep next morning. I woke up, I had 130 free stories mm. to publish. And that was a big challenge. But I published it. Uh, there were some that were declined. So I knew that now I can help. So that was a challenge. I overcome it. And uh, since March, we have published 4,800 some free content pieces, stories, press mm. releases. Free? Uh, and the free. Wow. That's impressive. And, and, uh, I was uh, just interviewed by another media outlet and they told me what is the value of everything that you've given. And that comes out to be about $900,000 in free that we could have made money for, but we gave it away. So that was a challenge, but it was not really my challenge. I mean, it was how can I help in this time mm. uh, because people don't have the money. Uh, so that was one of the small challenges. The biggest challenge was 
for the last four years, I've been wanting to get into Associated Press. Now, AP News, which is in the past, it was in the control of the big wires. You know, we were able to overcome that. And right before COVID-19 happened, we got the approval. So as, as we speak now, we are in AP News um, anytime we want to be, or, or Yahoo Finance uh, for that matter. So that was the challenge, but I never gave up. You know, I kept on calling every week. Every week I would make the call, speak to the lady, and she said, yeah, we, we will, you know, you, you don't have that yet. And I said, okay, well, I'll try again. So I never gave up. Mm. So that was, that was the biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, persistence. Persistency yeah. pays off, right? Uh, keep I don't give up. keep yeah. with it. That's good. How about some of the successes? So some of your challenges ended up being some of the successes. Any hallmark uh, achievements um, with your company? We have we have had a fair share of achievements. This challenge that we talked about for the AP News is one of our biggest successes. We are now in the process of a big another big success, where we are going to take a podcast like this and distribute it to the large media outlets. Uh, to me, that's a big success because not the other nobody else does it. We have had a challenge of reaching large media outlets where. Only the the big wire services could do that. We have achieved that uh, very recently. So those are the big ch- challenges that that have become successes for us. So we, we have become, uh, if if I was to drill this down, press releases is a red ocean because everybody now thinks that I can start a press release service. Okay, and we I feel that for us it's a blue ocean. Because the way we are telling those stories, uh, we are making this available to people that could not afford before. Mm. Like you had to pay six, seven hundred dollars for a press release and with a meager, meager distribution and no results. Today, a client came to me, he paid only $99 and he's on the first page of Google for a term that would take an SEO three years to do. Mm. To me, that is a big success yeah. uh, for the client especially. And that makes me feel good. Yeah. That that is my success. That is, that's a great success because you actually, again, you bring the success and make the client the hero and not necessarily your company. So I think that's, uh, that's, that makes it all the sweeter. So you've got a great inspiring story. I think, uh, you know, kind of coming back and essentially being wiped out from the hurricane and coming back to the States and just really starting your company all over again and launching it to the success that it is now. Who inspires you? Who is it that keeps you going forward and motivates you? Uh, My biggest inspiration is Napoleon Hill. I love that guy. Yeah, I have a book from him. If I show it to you, it's all, you know, I've taped it. Uh, I could go and buy another one, but that, that is my, you know, I go to uh, daily inspiration. I listen to his audio videos so that uh, anytime I feel lost, that's where I go to. Uh, that's my biggest inspiration. And I have different variations of Napoleon Hill. So I literally live that. Yeah. That's so much of your own story, right? 
I love Napoleon Hill as well. And I uh, subscribe to their, some of their daily stuff that they um, produce and send out by email. And I tend to look at some of this stuff and I, I've gotten into this habit that I text my kids every day, a quote of some sort, you know, some dad wisdom thing. But I often, I send them some snippet out of uh, Napoleon Hill's books and or the emails that they send out because I, it's just great materials. So looking down the road, what do you think that your story will be in three to five years? How do you think that story will look? I thought about that. A lot of people, they, they want to be something big. My legend that needs to be remembered is that, you know, a guy that really helped people that had nobody helping them. That's how I want to be remembered doctor, storyteller, or whatever you want to call it. But I, I just like to help. And in return, I don't expect anybody to give me anything. If I can help and change their life, ultimately, it, the karma will make it better for me. It's it's always does. I just feel that way. So from, from that perspective, there's an Indian actor. Uh, it's a famous Indian actor that I admire. He created this show and he keeps giving. So if I was to do that, my goal would be to have a show where, you know, I can educate people, the younger generation, because I think the biggest problem is that they have nowhere to go to. They don't have a direction. So I've started a new project, which I'm working on. And to help this generation Z to become, you know, to help them because they don't have a direction. If they don't, the parents don't have the time they're all stuck on Instagram or Snapchat and all, and they don't know what to do with their life. That is one cause that I'm uh, working on and trying, trying to help that. Good. Okay. So here we are, we're coming down to the bottom of the ninth, uh, mm-hmm. Kamar. And I typically ask all of our guests this question at the bottom of the ninth, which is um, really what advice do you have for what I call the rookies, you know, those in the game, those people who are just starting out with their own small business and or thinking about launching their small business. But what kind of advice do you have for them? I mean, you've been running your business for uh, 16, going on almost 20 years now. You got a lot of experience as, as uh, a veteran in the game. What, what is some advice that you would share? My personal advice is the mindset. If your mind can conceive and believe, they can achieve. That, that's a really simple advice because a lot of people don't have the right mindset. So I just feel this has been my personal thing that I don't give up and I conceive it and I do it. 99% of the time I will fail, but that 1% I will become successful and then becomes a moonshot. So I, that's what I do. Just keep on doing it. Don't give up, you know, not everything is going to be successful, but that 1% will be what will change your life and your family. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that quote, The uh, what yeah. you can conceive and you can believe you can achieve. And that is from somebody as well. Is that a, a Hill quote? I don't know if that That's is. a Hill quote, yeah. That is a Hill That's quote. A Hill. All right. That's good yeah. stuff. All right. So you mentioned earlier you have a book or you're working on a book. And so tell us about the book. And it's coming out soon. You know, where, what's the name of it? Where could people look for it? When, when is it coming out? All of that fun stuff. 
Uh, so I have two books, actually. Uh, the first book will come out in September. It's a small guide for small business owners, how to tell your stories. So that's really the first book. That will be available on our website, story.kispr.com, uh, story.kispr.com. So that's a book about, it's kind of like a business guide. Tell your story and become page one on Google. Simple. Nice. Uh, the second book is about mindset. And it's called The Master Mindset. And I have a nine-step formula of how to get your mindset to your business, to anything that you want to be successful. So the first step is the mindset. If you don't have the mindset, you can't become successful. You know, if you didn't have the mindset, you wouldn't be doing this podcast. So it's really that. And then the eight other steps are how to use that mindset formula to make it successful of any business whether you're a student, you're a lawyer, doctor, you just use that framework with the right, so it's a master mindset and the nine-step plan. Well, you are more than just the doctor of storytelling. You're like the, uh, you're going to be the doctor of success here, right? Doctor of business success. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going for, for other people. Uh, you know, I, I got it made, so I want to replicate this formula and give it to others even if I can help one person, that's more than one person that I've helped, you know, and that I have this principle that I want to leave people with that do 1% every day. So at the end of the year, you will be 365% better mm. of yourself. And that's really the key. Yeah, so true. I really love your focus as well on helping others. And I, I was trying to think exactly how you phrased it, but it was something like you want to help those who have no one else to help them, something like that. And that is yes. Uh, yes. such a great concept and so charitable. And, and I just really lift you up and applaud you uh, for that focus because I'm sure that it will come back to you in great success as well. Yeah. So listen, Kamar, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people get in touch with you? You gave your website. Why don't you hit your website up uh, one more time and or maybe an email, any of your social accounts that you want? Sure. Uh, the website is story.kisspr.com or kisspr.com, which is keep it super simple. PR means for predictable results. So keep, keep it super simple for predictable results, kisspr.com. Just Google my name, Kamar Zaman, and I have, you know, first three pages secured for me. So <laughs> uh, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And we will have all of your information, your contact points and everything in the show notes. So people can go there and, uh, and find your information as well. Listen, Kamar, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely appreciate it. It's been a joy just talking with you and learning more about uh, you and the story of thank Kamar. Zaman. Yes. Yes. And, um, and as we say, that is the ball game. So, hey, thanks for joining us today, everyone. If you like our show, please tell your friends. Uh, we would love it if you subscribe and especially give us a review. And as we like to say, we'll see you around the ballpark. Running the Bases with Small Businesses is brought to you by 38 Digital Market, a digital marketing agency committed to client growth with lead generation higher conversions, and increased sales. Connect with us today at 38digitalmarket.com.
www.thepowerofpositivity.com.